0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Attitude is a Lifestyle podcast. I am your host, Basic Brian, and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Drifting Isn't Just a Motorsport. And whether this is your first or second time tuning in, I wanted to let you know I'm glad you're here and hope you'll find a reason to keep coming back. The goal of this podcast is to present relevant topics have conversations, and provide resources to help you understand what got you where you are today and maybe get you a little bit closer to finding what you're looking for in life. (music) A few years back, I had an opportunity to capture some B-roll footage of drifting champion Vaughn Gittin Jr., who was putting on a demonstration with his Ford Mustang at the St. Louis Auto Show. For those of you who may not know what B-Roll or drift racing is, B-Roll is supplemental or alternative footage intercut with the main shot. Drifting is a driving technique where the driver intentionally oversteers with loss of traction while maintaining control and driving the car through the entirety of a corner. As you can imagine, drifting is extremely dangerous since there is little control available during the turns, which can result in crashes or even the vehicle flipping altogether. If you've ever seen the movie Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, you'll have an idea of what I'm talking about. My task that day was to film the car sliding through one of the turns, capturing the smoke, the rubber debris, and getting different angles as the car was sliding sideways. This meant getting on the track and being merely feet away from the car as it made its turn. As you can imagine, my adrenaline was through the roof. Pun intended. I've never personally had an in-car drifting experience, but certainly felt the thrill being up close and personal on the track. The folks who did get the opportunity that day all had big smiles on their pale faces as they exited the car through their window. Would you believe me if I told you drifting in life was more dangerous than drifting in a car? Probably the best argument I have come across on what drifting in life looks like is in chapter 4 of the Napoleon Hill book entitled Outwitting the Devil The Secret to Freedom and Success. The manuscript was written in 1938 following the success of Hill's post depression book, Think and Grow Rich, which has not only become a national treasure but has sold millions of copies around the world. Outwitting the Devil was considered so controversial for his era that Napoleon Hill's wife forbade the book to be published due to the role the devil played in it and the fear of repercussions it would have on the family's reputation. So the manuscript was locked away for more than 70 years. Outwitting the Devil was finally released by Sterling Publishing in June of 2011 with annotations by Sharon Lecter, who is the co-author of Rich Dad Poor Dad and the founder and CEO of Pay Your Family First, financial education organization. According to Wikipedia, the book is written as an interview between Mr. Hill, known as Mr. Earthbound, and the devil, known as Your Majesty, wherein Hill attempts to uncover the secrets to freedom and success by evaluating the greatest obstacles that humans face in order to attain their personal goals in life. Napoleon Hill is quoted as saying, three things connected with my interview with the devil interest me the most. These three factors interest me because they have been the most important influences in my own life, a fact which any reader of my story can easily discern. The three important factors are a habit of drifting, the law of hypnotic rhythm through which all habits are made permanent, and the element of time. My introduction to Napoleon Hill and his books came at a time when I was deeply searching for answers and some direction on how to move forward after my divorce had left me feeling, well, to quote a line from one of my favorite movies, A Knight's Tale, feeling weighed, measured, and left wanting. I have since become obsessed with Hill's works, with several new books being published posthumous by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. The book is a Q&A interview format where Hill asks the question and the devil answers. So if you're ready, here is a portion of Chapter 4, Drifting with the Devil. Hill, tell me first about your most clever trick, the one you use to ensnare the greatest number of people. Devil, if you force me to give away this secret... It will mean my loss of millions of people now living, and still greater numbers of millions as yet unborn. I beg of you, permit me to pass this one question unanswered. Hill. So, His Majesty the Devil fears the mere humble earthbound creature, is that right? Devil. It is not right, but it is true. You have no right to rob me of my most necessary tool of trade. For millions of years, I have dominated earthbound creatures through fear and ignorance. Now you come along and would destroy my use of these weapons by forcing me to tell you how I use them. Do you not realize that you will break my grip on every person who heeds this confession you are forcing from me? Have you no mercy? Have you no sense of humor? Have you no sportsmanship? Hill, stop stalling and start confessing. Who are you to ask mercy of one whom you would destroy if you could? Who are you to talk of sportsmanship and a sense of humor? You, by your own confession, have set up a living hell on earth where you punish innocent people through their fears and ignorance. As for minding my own business, that is just what I am doing when I force you to tell how you control people through their own minds. My business, if it can be called a business, is helping to unlock the doors of self-made prisons in which men and women are confined because of the fears you have planted in their minds. Devil. My greatest weapon over human beings consists of two secret principles by which I gain control of their minds. I will speak first of the principle of habit, through which I silently enter the minds of people. By operating through this principle, I establish... I wish I could use avoid using this word. The habit of drifting. When a person begins to drift on any subject, he is headed straight towards the gates of what you earthbound call hell. Hill. Describe all the ways in which you can induce people to drift. Define the word and tell us exactly what you mean by it. Devil. I can best define the word as drift by saying that people who think for themselves never drift, while those who do little or no thinking for themselves are drifters. A drifter is one who permits himself to be influenced and controlled by circumstances outside of his own mind. He would rather let me occupy his mind and do his thinking than to go to the trouble of thinking for himself. A drifter is one who accepts whatever life throws in his way without making any protest or putting up a fight. He doesn't know what he wants from life and spends all of his time getting just that. A drifter has lots of opinions, but they are not his own. Most of them are supplied by me. A drifter is one who is too lazy mentally to use his own brain. That is the reason I can control, take control of the people's thinking and plant my own ideas in their minds. Hill I think I understand what a drifter is tell me the exact habits of people by which you induce them to drift through life start by telling me when and how you first gain control of a person's mind devil my mind control or my control over the mind of a human being is obtained while the person is young sometimes i lay the foundation for my control of a mind before the owner of it is born by manipulating the minds of that person's parents. Sometimes I go farther back than this and prepare for my control through what you earthbound call physical heredity. You see, therefore I have two approaches to the mind of a person. Hill, yes? Go on and describe the two doors by which you enter and control the minds of human beings. Devil, as I have stated... I help to bring people into your world with weak brains by giving to them, before birth, as many as possible of the weaknesses of their ancestors. You call this principle physical heredity. After people are born, I make use of what you earthbound call environment as a means of controlling them. This is where the principle of habit enters. The mind is nothing more than the sum total of one's habits. One by one, I enter the mind and establish habits which lead finally to my absolute domination of the mind. Hill. Tell me of the most common habits by which you control the minds of people. The Devil. That is one of my cleverest tricks. I enter the minds of people through thoughts which they believe to be their own. Those most useful to me are fear Superstition, Avarice, Greed, Lust, Revenge, Anger, Vanity, and Plain Laziness. Through one or more of these, I can enter any mind at any age, but I get my best results when I take charge of a mind while it is young, before its owner has learned how to close any of these nine doors. Then, I set up habits which keep the doors ajar forever. Hill I'm catching on to your methods. Now let us go back to the habit of drifting. Tell us about that habit since you say it is your cleverest trick in controlling the minds of people. Devil. As I said before, I start people drifting during their youth. I induce them to drift through school without knowing what occupation they will wish to follow in life. Here I catch the majority of people. Habits are related, drift in one direction and soon you will be drifting in all directions. I also use environmental habits to give me a definite grip on my victims. Hill. I see. You make it your business to train children in the habit of drifting by inducing them to go through school without aim or purpose. Now tell me of some of your other tricks with which you use people to become drifters. Devil. Well, my second best trick in developing the habit of drifting is one that I put into operation with the aid of parents and public school teachers and religious instructors. I warn you not to force me to mention this trick. Do not disclose this trick. If you do so, you will be hated by my co-workers who help me use this trick. If you publish this confession in book form, your book will be barred from the public schools. It'll be blacklisted by most of the religious leaders. It'll be hidden from children by many parents. The newspapers will not dare to give review of your book. Millions of people will hate you for writing the book. In fact, no one will like you or your book except those who think. And you know how very few of there are of this sort. My advice to you is to let me skip this description of my second best trick. Hill, so, for my own good, you wish to withhold the description of your second best trick? No one will like my book except those who think, eh? Very well. Go ahead and answer. Devil, you'll regret this, Mr. Earthbound, but the joke is on you. By this mistake of yours, you will divert attention from me to yourself. My co-workers, of whom there are millions will forget about me and hate you for uncovering my methods. Hill, never mind about me. Tell me all about the second best trick of yours with which you induce people to drift with you to hell. Devil, my second best trick is not second at all. It's first. It is first because without it, I could never gain control of the minds of the youths. Parents, school teachers, religious instructors, and many other adults unknowingly serve my purpose by helping me to destroy in children the habit of thinking for themselves. They go about their work in various ways, never suspecting what they are doing to the minds of children or the real cause of the children's mistakes. Question. Hill. I can hardly believe you, Your Majesty, I have always believed that children's best friends were those closest to them, their parents, their school teachers, and their religious instructors. Where would children go for dependable guidance if not for those who have charge of them? Devil. That is where my cleverness comes in. There is the exact explanation of how I control 98% of the people of the world. I take possession of people during their youth before they come into possession of their own minds, by using those who are in charge of them. I especially need the help of those who give children their religious instruction, because it is here that I break down independent thought and start people on the habit of drifting by confusing their minds with unprovable ideas concerning a world of which they know nothing. It is here, also, that I plant in the minds of the children the greatest fear of all. The Fear of Hell Hill I understand that it is easy for you to frighten children with threats of hell, but how do you continue to make them fear you and your hell after they grow up and learn to think for themselves? Devil Children grow up, but they do not always learn to think for themselves. Once I capture the mind of a child through fear, I weaken that child's ability to reason and to think for themselves. And that weakness goes with the child all through life. Hill. Is that not taking unfair advantage of a human being by contaminating his mind before he comes into full possession of it? Devil. Everything is fair that I can use to further my ends. I have no foolish limitations of right and wrong. Might is right with me. I use every known human weakness to gain and keep control of the human mind. Hill, I understand your devilish nature. Now let us get back to the further discussion of your methods of inducing people to drift to hell here on earth. From your confession, I see that you take charge of children while their minds are young and pliable. Tell me more of how you use parents, teachers, and religious leaders to ensnare people into drifting. Devil, One of my favorite tricks is to coordinate the efforts of parents and religious instructors so that they work together in helping me to destroy the children's power to think for themselves. I use many religious instructors to undermine the courage and power of independent thought of children by teaching them to fear me, but I use parents to aid the religious leaders in this great work of mine. Hill How do parents help religious leaders destroy their children's power to think for themselves? I never heard of such a monstrosity. Devil. I accomplished this through a very clever trick. I caused the parents to teach their children to believe as the parents do in connection with religion, politics, marriage, and the other important subjects. In this way, as you can see, when I gain control of the mind of a person, I can easily perpetuate the control by causing that person to help me fasten it upon the minds of his offspring. Hill, in other ways, what other ways do you use parents to convert children into drifters? The Devil, I cause children to become drifters by following the example of their parents, most of whom I've already taken over and bound eternally to my cause. In some parts of the world, I gain mastery over children's minds and subdue their will power in exactly the same way that man break and subdue animals of lower intelligence. It makes no difference to me how a child's will is subdued. As long it is fierce, as long as it fears something, I will enter its mind through that fear and limit the child's power to think independently. Hill. It seems that you go out of your way to keep people from thinking. The devil. Yes, accurate thought is death to me. I cannot exist in the minds of those who think accurately. I do not mind people thinking as long as they think in terms of fear, discouragement, hopelessness, and destructiveness. When they begin to think in constructive terms of faith, courage, hope, and definiteness of purpose— they immediately become allies of my opposition, and they are therefore lost to me. Hill. I am beginning to understand how you gain control of the minds of children through the help of their parents and religious instructors, but I do not see how the school teachers help you in this damnable work. The Devil. School teachers help me gain control of the minds of children, not so much by what they teach the children as because of what they do not teach them. The entire public school system is so administered that it helps my cause by teaching children almost everything except how to use their own minds and think independently. I live in fear that someday some courageous person will reverse the present system of school teaching and deal my cause a death blow by allowing the students to become the instructors. Using Those who now serve as teachers only as guides to help the children establish ways and means of developing their own minds from within. When that time comes, the school teachers will no longer belong to my staff. The next couple of paragraphs talks about how the devil can enter into these established organizations and continue the further uh, encouragement of drifting. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and uh, pick it back up. Hill, do you mean you have a method by which you can cause people to drift so far away from self-determination that they can never save themselves? The Devil, yes, a definite method, and it is so effective it never fails. Hill, do I understand you to claim your method is so powerful your opposition cannot reclaim those whom you have permanently ensnared through drifting? The Devil, I claim just that. Do you think I would control so many people if my opposition could prevent me? Nothing can stop me from controlling people except people themselves. Nothing can stop me except the power of articulate thought. People who think accurately do not drift on any subject. They recognize the power of their own minds. Moreover, they take over that power and yield it to no person or influence. Hill Go ahead and tell me more of the methods by which you cause people to drift to hell with you. The Devil I cause people to drift on every subject through which I can control independent thought and action. Take the subject of health, for example. I cause most people to eat too much food and the wrong sort of food. This leads to indigestion and destroys the power of accurate thought. If the public schools and the churches taught children more about proper eating, they would do my cause irreparable damage. Marriage. I cause men and women to drift into marriage without plan or purpose designed to convert the relationship into harmony. Here is one of my most effective methods of converting people into the habit of drifting. I cause married people to bicker and nag one another over money matters. I cause them to quarrel over the bringing up of their children. I engage them in unpleasant controversies over their intimate relationships and in disagreements over friends and social activities. I keep them so busy finding fault with one another that they never have time to do anything else long enough to break the habit of drifting. On occupation, I teach people to become drifters by causing them to drift out of school into the first job they can find with no definite aim or purpose except to make a living. Through this trick, I keep millions of people in fear of poverty all through their lives. Through this fear, I lead them slowly but surely onward until they reach the point beyond which no individual ever has broken the drifting habit. Savings. I cause people to spend freely and to save sparingly, or not at all, until I take complete control of them through their fear of poverty. Environment. I cause people to drift into inharmonious, harmonious, and unpleasant environments in the home, in their places of occupation, in their relationship with relatives and acquaintances, and to remain there until I claim them through the habit of drifting. Dominating thoughts. I cause people to drift into the habit of thinking negative thoughts. This leads to negative acts and involves people and controversies and fills their minds with fears, thus paving the way for me to enter and control their minds. When I move in, I do so by appealing to people through negative thoughts, which they believe to be their own. I plant the seeds of negative thought in the minds of people through the pulpit, the newspapers, the moving pictures, the radio, and all other popular methods of appeal to the mind. I cause people to allow me to do their thinking for them because they are too lazy and too indifferent to think for themselves. Hill. I conclude from what you say that drifting and procrastination are the same. Is that true? The devil. Yes, that is correct. Any habit which causes one to procrastinate, to put off reaching a definite decision, leads to the habit of drifting. Hill. Is man the only creature who drifts? The devil. Yes. All other creatures move in response to definite laws of nature. Man alone defies nature's laws and drifts when he wills. Everything outside the mind of men is controlled by my opposition, by laws so definite that drifting is impossible. I control the... Minds of men solely because of their habit of drifting, which is only another way of saying that I control the minds of the men only because they neglect or refuse to control and use their own minds. Moving forward a little bit, Hill. Is that why a few people are wealthy while the majority of people are poor? The devil. That's exactly the reason. Poverty, like physical illness, is a contagious disease. You find it always among the drifters, never among those who know what they want and are determined to get just that. It may mean something to you when I call to your attention the fact that the non-drifters whom I do not control and those who possess most of the wealth of the world happen to be the same people. I think this is a good stopping point to let you digest what you've just heard and share some of my thoughts. If you're like me, there are several points that really hit home, and I'd like to remind you that this book was written in 1938, yet transcends time and is just as relevant today. Not bad for a book that is categorized as fiction, eh? I think about society today and how much social media, reality TV, and apps dictate the emotional well-being of our lives and in turn, how depressed and anxiety-filled we are today as a culture. A lot of it stems from not having a plan or pursuit in life to get passionate about. And it makes me think back to my generation called X, where there, is, there was not a definiteness of purpose like in generations past, and most likely, the average person still doesn't have a clue as to what they want in life, so they drift. So what does definiteness of purpose mean? It means we must have a clear understanding of what we want, and we must it must be a burning desire and passion for us. When you have a definiteness of purpose, you will not be distracted by anything that takes you away from pursuing this purpose. So does this describe you? Are you a work in progress? A quote from the last podcast by Robin Sharma says it all, Don't live the same year 75 times and call it a life. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I do have social media accounts and a new web page that is more of a landing page right now, but it is attitudeisalifestyle.com. Likewise, my email address is attitudeisalifestyle at gmail.com. My Twitter and Instagram handle is at Tudesalifestyle. So T U D E S A L I F E S T Y L E. Let's have a conversation. Well, that's it for the second episode of the Attitude is a Lifestyle podcast. Really appreciate you sticking around till the end. I'm busy planning episode three and hope you plan to join me again next time. Until then, this is your host, Basic Brian, saying over and out, see you around about.